This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Dog, this is like my third take of this episode. Let's just hope this goes well. Fingers crossed. Uh, some things happen in between takes. I actually tried to do this on Thursday, I believe. And you know, stuff has happened since then. Well, maybe I'll talk about it, maybe I won't. Nah, we'll see. Anyway, well, since then, when I was making the episode, Merlin didn't have Talia Tagovailoa. That's big. I mean, people say he was going to go to Merlin because his ties with Coach Loxley. He was his offensive coordinator two seasons ago. People was talking about that, but I didn't think so. It's the same thing they said with Jalen Hurts. I thought Jalen Hurts was going to go to Merlin because of those ties. He ended up coming to OU out of nowhere. And that turned out almost great. But you know what happened against LSU. And we'll get him in 2027. Don't worry. Anyway, Merlin got him. Still don't give their fans the right to talk smacks OU fans. And it kind of contradicts that one fan's argument about how we don't stay committed to the QBs on our roster when you just got a transfer quarterback from Tua, I mean, from Alabama. You got Talia Tagovailoa from Alabama, and you were in the running to get Jalen Hurts. Come on, man. You're loafing. You're tweaking. Stop it. And why are you even talking about OU anyway? See, the reason why Merlin fans want to trash talk OU is because they're trying to get Caleb Williams, but he's crystal ball almost 100% to OU. He's the best QB in the country, and he's in D.C. He's in Merlin's backyard, but he's about to go to OU. Gotcha. Y'all want to talk trash because of that, but dog, y'all don't do. Y'all haven't done anything, bro. If you look at Winsipedia and compare OU and Merlin, it's not even close. It is a joke. Merlin is not even in the top twenty-five in most of those cat in all of those categories. They are trash. They are trash. And then they haven't done anything since 2001. I remember that Orange Bowl when they went against Florida in 2001. They were overmatched. They tried. But they were they were outmatched. They were overpowered. Yeah, whatever. You haven't done anything since. So don't talk about football because you got a few little recruits. And you got Talia. And you got your little new coach. After a year of experience with the Merlin program, I don't care. You're still not going to touch OU. And even Big Ten fans are laughing because they know they're going to kill you. Not even close to Ohio State. You're not close to Michigan. You're not close to Penn State. I'm serious. So don't even say anything. Every, t- every big game you've been in, you got blown out. Except that Ohio State game two years ago where you just straight up choked. So I don't want to hear nothing from Merlin. I don't want to hear nothing. Just congratulate your re- recruits and your transfers. Don't speak on OU because you'll get shut down. Because remember, you are just a lacrosse and basketball school. So don't even say anything about OU football. Don't even talk football. It's pointless. Because you're trash.
Now, it'd be cool if y'all did well, but seriously, though, let's just keep it real. Stay in your lane and stick to lacrosse and basketball. Now, I will say, those those two recruits you got from Quince Orchard, now, I've watched them play a few times. Them massive D-tackles you got from Quince Orchard, that that's a pretty good get. But I don't want to hear it. You lose out on DMV recruits all the time. You you couldn't get that Damascus guy to stay in the state. He went to Clemson. You couldn't get Dwayne Haskins. He was committed to you, and then he went to Ohio State. You couldn't get Chase Young. What? Back in the day, you couldn't get Jelani Jenkins. You couldn't get my teammate Brandon Coleman. Like, just stop, bro. Don't even talk. Don't even talk about recruiting. But I'm I'm done killing y'all though. I'm done killing y'all. It's time to talk about the last dance. Now on on my very original, my very first episode, not episode but take of this episode, I talked about the last dance for like 20 minutes, and I was like, nah, bro, nah, bro. Let me fix this. Let me kind of summarize my points as best I can. I mean, it's still a lot. I mean, I I still got a lot from it. But anyway, the Nets and Hornets, see, they're past the regular season now. They're on to the playoffs. The Nets and the Hornets pushed the Bulls in 98 in rounds one and two. The Nets were really close to getting a game off them, maybe even two. But the, Jordan, but Jordan. As long as they have Jordan, they fear nothing. Bro, they tried and failed. The Hornets got game two in Chicago because B.J. Armstrong hit a game-winning shot, and he was celebrating in front of the Bulls bench. And, of course, Jordan took that personally, just like he took the LeBradford Smith scoring 37 in Chicago personally. That made them go into this whole thing about how Jordan holds grudges because he's a competitive person and I know how that is. I did it in social league basketball. Sometimes it works for me, sometimes it doesn't. It just depends. It just depends on how good a shape I am, how good my teammates are, and if my shot's going in. <laughs> but nah man, but for Jordan he killed those guys. Everyone knows not to make MJ mad unless you can match his intensity. But anyway, dog. They talked about the LeBradford Smith thing in ninety three and I'm like, he was a bullet. Of course Jordan came back to the Cap Center after getting embarrassed in Chicago. He came back to the Cap Center, went off thirty seven in the first half, thirty five in the first half. And just listening and watching those two little clips of that game, every time Jordan scored a bucket, the crowd went crazy. I'm like, what? This is a Bullets home game. Why are they going crazy like that? But then again, you think about the Wizards. When they're not in the playoffs or when they're not doing well, their crowd is very pedestrian. It's not a good home court advantage unless you're in the playoffs so of course they fall prey to the big teams and the big stars of course they do and that was no different in that game and then you look at the 98 clips oh my god they were really going crazy over jordan then it's like he was a rock star anyway man uh they talked about his gambling and 
the media and the whole conspiracy about his dad dying. And I don't really believe that. I did kind of was a little skeptical and gave a little credence to it. And I was like, okay, maybe that could be true. Maybe he did gamble too much. And then maybe someone did something because he had unpaid debt. I was falling for it. But listening to Jordan talk about it, I'm like, I kind of believe, I believe him. I don't kind of believe him. I do believe him. I believe him when he says that the rumors are ridiculous. I really think he's a genuine person and it's just freak accident that these kids just walked up to his car and killed him. I don't think that was a setup. I mean, if it was a setup, they probably would have followed him, which James Jordan would have figured that out. And that would have got his adrenaline going and he wouldn't have pulled alongside the road and took a nap. That's just me. That's just me. That's just me. I don't really like conspiracy theories. I mean, they're fun to think about sometimes. 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 But actual truth behind them, you just question it. Talk about baseball and how he started off well, then he kind of fell off, and then he kind of got better again. And just like Tebow, he sold out double-A games. And everyone wanted to see him. And then you got professional coaches and GM saying he would have made the the majors. He had Terry Francona as a coach. I think he would have been fine. That's pretty cool, though. Uh, a Hall of Fame-type coach like Terry Francona coaching Jordan in the, in the minor leagues. Just add that to his resume. That is just pretty cool. That is, that is pretty cool. So, of course, they talk about the, the whole Pippen thing and how he kind of quit on them against the Knicks because they ran a play for Tony Kukoc. But Phil Jackson's reasoning made sense because Tony Kukoc had ice in his veins that season and hit, like, four game-winning shots, including the one against the Pacers that you might want to look at. And that one was epic. That was the best game winner ever for Tony Kukoc. That was the best game winner he ever had. So I understand why he would call that play for him. And I mean, after that happened, his teammates called him out. Cartwright made a speech, and it really got to Scotty, and he felt bad. I think as time went on, he regrets it a little bit, but not as much as he did right after it happened. I think the emotion of letting his teammates down got to him. I like how uh, Phil Jackson said, uh, fuck him when Pippen uh, sat at the end of the bench and refused to check in he said <laughs> he said fuck him <laughs> savage savage Phil Jackson ladies and gentlemen <laughs> but man uh, they, they went over that and they did good in 94 they could have easily they could have been in the finals I don't think they would have beat Houston they, they didn't have enough they wouldn't beat Houston maybe they would have beat the Pacers but I doubt it. Um, too much size. But who knows? Who knows what would have happened if they actually beat the Knicks that season. And then the next season in 95, they sucked until Jordan came back. And then then they lost to Orlando. If, if you look at game six against Orlando, they should have won that game. But for some reason, they decided to go cold in the last like two minutes of the game. 
they didn't make a bucket. I'm like, what is this? That that series should have went seven. But whatever. That doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. You know the story. 96, they ran through everybody, and then they played the Sonics in the finals, and they went up 3-0. And then George Call decides to put Peyton on Jordan, and everyone questions why he waited so late. But Jordan said it wouldn't have mattered because he's still the GOAT. I'm paraphrasing, but <laughs> it doesn't matter. He's still the GOAT, and he would have scored. He, he had no problem with the glove. I truly believe that, though. But honestly, man, it's a little overrated, them talking about Peyton on Jordan. Those were some low-scoring games. In the 90s, had a lot of low-scoring playoff games. The 90s and the 2000s had a lot of low-scoring playoff games. Game 6 was low-scoring. No one shot well. Not not many people shot well in that game. It's a little overrated, okay? At the end of the day, the Bulls defensively was too much for the Sonics in game six of that series. So it, it just didn't matter because Jordan's still the GOAT. They also talked about Space Jam, which I liked. Those little scrimmages they had with Patrick Ewing and Reggie Miller and God knows whoever else showed up. Magic Johnson was there. Bro, I would have loved being in them pickup games or at least sat there and watched the trash talk. Them pickup games along the Space Jam set. That's cool, though. They got, they got the producers and the staff to build Michael Jordan a court and a weight room. I wish I had that type of money. You know what? I will have that type of money one day. And I'll have all access to it. And I'll be able to let people host tournaments and stuff inside of it. And I'll make even more money. I can't wait. But I like that part of it, too. Hey, only two more episodes left. And I'm excited. Also, uh, Jordan at the end saying that uh, he plays a certain way and he expects a lot out of his teammates so if you don't want to play that way then just don't play that way but that's just how he is and he just got emotional about that and i watched a youtube video by one of the main producers he said that that was the beginning of them taping the documentary him talking about that that's crazy That's crazy. He got that emotional that fast. I guess how he perceived kind of gets to him sometimes. That means he's human. He's human. And and that, what this documentary shows, how great he was, but also how human he was. And also Scott Burrell. (laughs) Man, he just, I don't know if he bullied Scott Burrell. He, okay, he did. But Scott Burrell took it very well and used it to motivate himself. It worked on him, and he did He did great. I don't know about him doing much outside of Chicago. That's the thing. Did you ever hear about him doing anything after 98? Yeah, okay, thanks. <laughs> so Jordan pushed him, man. Like he's, he's thankful for what Jordan did for him. A lot of them are. A lot of his team is. That's just so cool. I can't wait for for the last two episodes where they talk about the Pacers and the Jazz series and any other stuff they want to bring up, maybe like the 97 season, (laughs) the Miami Heat. (laughs) 
And we'll see. So, we got the celebrity power rank. Of course, I changed it multiple times between takes of doing this podcast. But here we go. Here's the final rankings of the week. Number 10, Doja Cat. Say so. That is just off the charts. I think it's number one. At the last time I looked, it was like number five, number four. Maybe it's number one now. I might be tripping. But she's killing it. She got everyone talking about her because she promised to uh, show her tits if she went number one on Billboard. And then she just trolled and said, psych, I lied, like she was Charlie Clips. <laughs> she said, psych, I lied, fans. And, you know, that was very polarizing. But I didn't, I didn't really care. I wasn't really checking for her. Her song is okay. But that caused the media firestorm and misogynistic soldiers kind of making fun of her for that and posting future memes. I loved it. It That's hilarious. Okay, but we'll get to that later. Number nine, Shannon Sharp. Killing it daily on Undisputed. (laughs) His uh, monologues about LeBron James are hilarious. His takes about The Last Dance. Some are unpopular because he got to stay on brand, caping for LeBron. But, I mean, it's entertaining. And I like how he got an interview from Horace Grant. That's the main reason why he's on this list because he got that interview with Horace Grant where Horace Grant confirmed that story about him being denied food by Michael Jordan on the team playing after a bad game. So that opened up what his relationship was with MJ. And I loved it. I never thought him and MJ, Horace and MJ, had beef or weren't really the best of friends. But I think they respected each other and they were thankful teammates and they were able to have success. It's just part of the Jordan thing, man. It's just part of the Jordan thing. You ain't got to love it, but you got to accept it. Number eight is Drake. Drake got a new mixtape out, and everyone's doing the Tootsie Slide, or maybe not, because trends come and go. I still haven't done the Tootsie Slide. I probably will eventually. (laughs) I'm going to be like a month or two too late, but whatever. I plan to do that soon. He's killing it, as always. And people sleep on him. He's very polarizing. But he's one of the best artists in our generation. I can't even fake. Number seven, Clay Travis. He kind of keeps sliding down. But Clay Travis is like that. He's living the life I want to live. He moved from Tennessee temporarily, and he's in Florida chilling on the beach, going to Dave and Buster's, going to restaurants, hanging out with his beautiful wife and three kids. Man, he living the life. That's kind of the life I want to live. All while doing his daily radio show and doing his um daily periscopes. That's the life right there. I, I kind of want to live that life. You know, I don't know the finer details within his life. I don't know if I want kids. I'm open to having a wife. Well, okay, I'm open to having kids too. But, man, that looked like the life. Now, I could be wrong, but that, I could do that. 
and also his coronavirus info. Some people agree with it, some people don't. Some of the stats you can question, some you just can't. I just like how he's trying his best to be positive every day about the coronavirus and how, okay, we're going to get over this. Here's why the coronavirus ain't that big of a deal. It's just how you interpret that. Do you interpret uh, him, oh, he's trying to get people killed with misinformation, or do you interpret it like, oh, yeah, he's right. Like, we're going to be fine. I'm kind of on the we're going to be fine in the spectrum. But it's like, at the end of the day, it's up to you to make decisions on how you're going to react to this virus going forward. You know what I'm saying? Don't don't come for Clay Travis. <laughs> oh, man. I just love his overconfidence. It's fine. It's, it's just who he is. So I'm cool with it. Uh, Elon Musk is on this list because... His battle with the state of California, he decided to open his company and say, come arrest me if you got a problem with it. Now, that is just savage. So that's the thing about being on the GOAT level. You got to be savage. That's part of it. That's part of the brand. You got to be savage. And he definitely was with that move. Now, we'll see how that turns out. If he gets arrested... We'll see. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about him getting arrested. He's still tweeting and going about his business. He'll work something out. He's he's pretty powerful. I don't know how powerful, but... Okay. I don't know. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. Number five, LeBron. Because it's because this is the last dance and they talking about Jordan... In 2020, you can't talk about MJ without talking about LeBron. LeBron is rent-free in people's heads, especially these last few weeks. He's not even trying, and people are talking about him nonstop. All over. In sports media, on Twitter, all that. I kind of like how he showed his raw emotions about Ahmaud Aubrey. I kind of like that. It just shows how he's relatable, and it's kind of like everybody else. I even like his tweets about The Last Dance and Space Jam. You know what I'm saying? Dude is cool, man. I I, I love this guy. Yeah, I can't say anything bad about him. He's number five on the list. He could move up. We'll see. I just like how he's just rent-free in people's heads. (laughs) Um, Number four is Takashi69. He moved ahead of LeBron in this final take because... What what happened with him? (laughs) His latest, like, Instagrams. His latest Instagrams are just hilarious. He's trolling. He's trolling. He's reminding people he's a snitch. And then he he had the nerve to call out um, Ariana Grande and say that her people are manipulating numbers on Billboard. That is a pretty bold move. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to say the least. And her fans came out with a vengeance. And they are attacking anything 6ix9ine because Ariana Grande got a huge fan base. So you don't want to mess with her, obviously. Just the savageness of this guy, man. This this guy, Takashi 6ix9ine, is a beast. He is like, he would be higher, 
But him getting his location leaked twice in like three days and him having a questionable charge, rape charge with a minor, we gonna have to, I need more evidence. I need more information about it. But that's not a good look either. So, but he's number four because he's just, he's dominating social media right now. And his song, I like the song. I don't know about you. I like the song. Gooba, you can listen to it on YouTube, Spotify, anywhere. I listen to it on Apple Music. And it bumps in my car. I don't care. Number three is Justin Gaethje. Gaethje. Okay. He just beat Tony Ferguson. He is the UFC interim champ in that division, whatever division that is. Uh... (laughs) He said he's supposed to go against Khabib next, and he might go against McGregor in the distant future. He had a big win. He had a big win, and he dominated the headlines last weekend. It's pretty cool. You know, he's still up there on the list from the strength of his win, but next week he probably won't even be on the list on this power ranking. But what he did was pretty cool, and he's pretty relevant right now. Number two, Future. He came out with an album. The reviews on his album so far mixed. Okay, to me, I'm kind of in the middle. It's okay. But outside of his music, his presence is just second to none right now. Like how people are posting these future memes, toxic future memes, misogynistic memes. And they are hilarious, even though they're disrespectful to women. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about they belong to the streets and got future photoshopped on a picture of Jesus and him walking on water and him in a preacher robe and just, you know, he's just bringing guys together in good humor. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that. He's inspiring a lot of guys to, you know, boost their confidence and not let women drag them down. You know what I'm saying? That, that's the positive way that I'm going to look at it. It's not that he is. Okay, maybe he is. <laughs> okay, maybe he is inspiring disrespect to women. But I, I choose to look at it in a more positive way. Like, I see, I look at it as he's bringing guys together on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube and you gotta love it. He's just he's just a future. Like he's just he's just future man. Like he's on that goat level type thing right now. You know, he's he's inspiring many with his memes and just being him. And you gotta love it. You can't ignore it. He's everywhere. <laughs> the memes are everywhere and they're hilarious. Never stop. Okay, number one, Michael Jordan. The Last Dance is amazing. Everyone loves it. People are inspired. Some people, I guess, don't really like how MJ comes off. Maybe he comes off as a bully to some people. And it is what it is. The Last Dance is amazing. And it's just what we've, what us sports fans needed. We're going to be sad when it ends tomorrow. But hey, there's a PG County doc out. I think there's maybe another documentary coming out soon. Won't be about Jordan, probably be about something else. But I just appreciate what Jordan is doing right now without even really trying. (laughs) You know, it's just good to look back on all those games and his influence and all the, the, the past stories that came up about MJ and 
of course it gives a new life to the little goat debate i just love it i love it it's awesome and we'll, we'll see how this ends tomorrow so now got my hypothetical game of the week 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 okay this time it is the beverly hills eagles from the show All American versus Matter Day from 2018. Okay, 2019. It's a sold out crowd. It's at Beverly Hills. They made the hour trip. Matter Day made the hour trip to Beverly Hills to come play this game preseason, right before the season starts. People are hype. People are hype. Standing room only. And the game starts off with a bang. Like, first play of the game, Eagles get the ball. Out route, Asher Adams catches it to the end zone, touchdown, 7-0, Beverly Hills. Then, then, uh, what's name gets the ball, Matter Day gets the ball, three and out, then Beverly Hills gets the ball back. They get some yards, they get a first down, then they punt. Matter Day gets the ball, few plays, few yards. Third down, Bryce Young back to pass, strip sacked by J.J. Parker, the linebacker. And Spencer James picks it up, takes it to the house, 14-0. 14-0 Beverly Hills against the number one team in the country. Beverly Hills is not even top 25 in California, I don't think. For the sake of this argument, they're not. A huge upset is brewing. All the scouts, all the fans are shocked. It's just pandemonium from the home Beverly Hills crowd. And and all the people who aren't rooting for Beverly Hills are shocked. <laughs> then another three and out. Then Beverly Hills has another three and out. Then Bryce Young gets the ball. Read option to the house. 70 yards. 14-7. Then, another three and out from Beverly Hills. Matter Day gets the ball. 60-yard touchdown, Bryce Young, post route, 14-14. And then after that, Jordan Baker, next possession, pick six, Jeremiah Cordell, 21-14. At the half, 21-14, Matter Day, still a close game. People are in for a treat. People never expected this game to be close, and it's just insane. Spencer James got about five tackles, and he has that touchdown. He has that fumble recovery for touchdown. He has an interception. He's killing it. But the second half. First possession of the second half. Running back from Matter Day. 80 yards to the house. 28-14. And from there, Matter Day doesn't look back. They score 42 unanswered. And the final score, 70-14 Matter Day. But they all party in Beverly Hills. They all live happy ever after. There you go. Now the bonus hypothetical game of the week is Sixers Raptors game seven, but we'll pick it up in overtime because I noticed that Kawhi Leonard traveled. He traveled on this game winning shot. He traveled twice. So let's say the refs called the travel. So that gives the Sixers the ball with two seconds to go. Because they struggled on offense so much that fourth quarter, 
I truly believe Jimmy Jimmy Butler gets the ball, pump fakes, dribbles, misses. Go to overtime, back and forth. Kawhi Leonard hits a bucket to go up 97-95. Philly gets the ball, shoots, misses. Raptors rebound. Van Vliet gets fouled. Two shots, makes both. Game over, 99-95. Raptors still go to the finals. There you go. I went with the favorite again. I went with two favorites in the hypothetical game of the week. Because when you sit down and think about it, I'm like, there's a reason why they were the better team. <laughs> and that's what happened in these two cases, for sure. I just I just watched the Sixers-Raptors game seven, fourth quarter. It's just crazy how Sixers stayed in it. It looked like they could not get any type of offense going. But they, they fought, and they were there. They were right there. The baseball season might come back, and if they do, I hope it starts with the Nationals versus Astros. I know it's probably not going to be here. It's probably going to be in Florida or Texas or some, something like that. Florida, Texas, something like that. Either way, that would be a great 4th of July. Despite all that happened, we get that. I wonder how DC is going to do the fireworks. They're probably going to do the fireworks, but of course there can't be no crowd on the mall because that just doesn't make sense at a time like this. I hope we get the fireworks and the game. The game probably won't be in DC. If it is in DC, there'll probably be no fans. It's just our reality. It saves me money at least. The NBA might be back. The stars came together on a call and they're down for it. Well down for it. Some people disagree, and they're worried about the safety. Even Shaq was like, I mean, it doesn't make sense for them to come back because if one person gets sick, they might ruin everything. Like if the cameraman or someone on staff or announcer gets sick, that's going to ruin everything. But the sports that have came back so far, they haven't had any problems. Korean baseball, Bundesliga, stuff like that. They've been fine. I haven't heard anything about them going backwards. Okay, maybe the Chinese Basketball Association, but that was a while ago. So, we got to just see how this plays out. What came up in the middle of me fumbling around with these takes, DeAndre Baker and Quentin Dunbar trying to rob people in Florida. They were at a party. Why are people having parties during this pandemic? I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. But nevertheless, there was a party, and they apparently lost a gambling debt. And another thing, like, why are you gambling away $70,000? I know people like to gamble, but that's a lot of money. Like, y'all are crazy. Apparently, they robbed people at gunpoint. They got watches off of people, and cash and other type of jewelry. And a warrant was put out for their arrest. And I was just like, this is so dumb. But recent developments have came about and their lawyers have come out and said they didn't do anything. Huh? Are they supposed to say that or they legit didn't do anything? But the police, the Miramar police responded and said the affidavits that they got puts them 
the scene of the crime and they identified them as the people who were robbing at gunpoint. It's not a good look. Either way, it's not a good look. This is going to play out in court. We'll see how it goes. But if it's all true, it's dumb. I don't understand why. Why you're at a party. I don't understand why you're gambling. You know what I'm saying? There's got to be... There's got to be better ways to, to spend your time during this pandemic. But not everyone's like me. Not everyone's a normal citizen. You know what I'm saying? No, okay. Every, no, no one's really normal. We're, we're all kind of got our unique things. But I just don't understand why they did all this. <laughs> and uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, best case scenario for them their alibi or whatever they have works out and they don't get charged for anything and they stay on the team. Now, I'm sure the NFL will do their investigation. We'll see what comes about that. It's not looking good. It's not looking good. It's just a shame, man. I just wish it just didn't happen. I feel sorry for them. You just it's just one of them things you just put your hand on your head and you just face palm. You just like Lord help me with this one. <laughs> anyway, man. I got through this episode clean without my laptop going running out of memory or even worse, the sound being messed up in my microphone not turning on, but whatever. Anyway, I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the GOAT Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.